Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode four of the Too Long Didn't Read Fitness Podcast. Myself and Aaron today take a little bit of a different approach. We're actually talking about esports and competitive gaming. Now, if this is your first look at competitive gaming and esports, or if it's not really in your wheelhouse, stick around because we talk a lot about stress tolerance uh, and stress adaptability, and those are concepts that are going to apply to everyone. There's also a lot of this conversation that applies to overall mental health and mental function. If you're trying to perform at a high level in anything, you're going to probably be able to take something away from this. But if you are involved in competitive sports, or you'd just like to be able to beat a few of your mates, stick around because we go through a really interesting study. Um, and to be honest, this is a passion project for me and it's gonna be a huge area of study over the next few years for the entire academic community. There's a massive amount of people playing games and a massive amount of people now making it their full-time careers. So this is really interesting for us. I hope you guys take something away from this. This is something that's gonna to continue to grow over the next few years. So strap in because this is just a taste of the research that we have right now. Hope you guys enjoy. Mate, let's let's run through a little bit of a recap. Um, can you give me the, the TLDR takeaway from, from this study and your thoughts overall? Absolutely. So my TLDR summary. Cardio is probably going to be our weapon of choice for exercise modality. Exercise and gaming are not mutually exclusive skill sets. Exercise can help improve gaming performance. Strength training may be excellent to help deal with tension headaches and lower back pain, which is prevalent in sedentary populations. And more studies are needed to establish whether um, the enhanced gaming effects that we saw are generalizable to other video games because this study only did look at League of Legends. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, if you had to pick just one, I think we both agree that cardio is probably your best place to start. That's probably your lowest hanging fruit. It's going to improve your ability. To, it's going to likely improve your ability to, to, to tolerate high stress, um, to recover from bouts of high stress, which, you know, tournaments are very much based on and training is very much based on. Um, and it's probably going to have some long-term health effects as well. Of course, if you were working with a good coach, they are going to be able to incorporate a lot more elements than just cardio. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you're just wanting to do it on your own, improve your performance, then, then probably start there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of the TLDR Fitness Podcast. Uh, my name is Brayden. I'm on everywhere on social media as Coach Cad, and I'm joined again by my host, Aaron. Um, how are you, mate? How is your training going at the moment? Uh, good, Brayden. Um, yeah, training's going great, thanks. Uh, just pumping away kind of like a chest and shoulder specialization phase, so... For those who don't know, I'm always kind of working on my chest and shoulders. They're just a, an area which I just can't get enough of from a training perspective. And so far, it's been going really good, been gaining at a really good rate of gain. So approximately a kilo a month for the last five or six months or so. And I'm sitting up around the 89 kilo mark and hopefully going to be pushing into the 90s over the next month or two. And then, yeah, by then we, we might be looking at a, a bit of a mini cut to to take a little body fat off but yeah we might we might go into some of those concepts we might we might touch on mini cuts and some of that stuff in some later podcasts what do you reckon Braden? 
Yeah, absolutely. So for, for you guys that might not know, Aaron and I actually competed in, in the same competitions um, a couple of years ago now. Uh, and so we both did a physique show as our main competition, but I seem to remember you doing a cheeky little bodybuilding show as a little trial run leading up to it. And from memory, it was basically just the fact that you had so much size through the legs that it seemed like a shame not to get you on the bodybuilding stage and, and just see how the wheels held up. Yeah, so that that's a bit of a funny story. Yeah, Brad and I did compete, and from memory, my my bodybuilding prep was a, a, a bit longer and slower than Braden's. Braden's was a little bit more fast and furious, and while Braden was kind of eating his nothing but spinach and spinach and tuna and sitting on the stairmaster for six hours a day, I was ready to rumble. So I, I got an extra show in under my belt before I got to step on stage with Braden and gave bodybuilding a bodybuilding a spin, which was really good fun. Uh, for those who don't know the difference between the two, bodybuilding uh, is done in like the small posing trunks, whereas men's physique, which is what Brad and I did together, is done in the, the board shorts. And it's a bit more of a, a muscle model competition. Um, but yeah, it was good fun to be able to stand on stage with Braden. We both came away with some, some wins in different divisions across the day. So yeah, good trip down memory lane there. Um, the, the important thing is I, I remember you just i've never seen anyone happier and i hope i never see anyone quite as happy as you were to really crack into that can of of tinned chicken um and if you haven't been up through a bodybuilding show or a, a comp prep you'll never you'll never understand how good food can potentially taste um and i remember aaron kind of walking in and you know we both got our pale frail bodies out um to to practice imposing together and i remember just the joy on your face cracking open that tin of chicken so yeah it's probably a probably a journey for another time <laughs> if you can't see if you're listening to us on the podcast aaron's having a good laugh because i think it's um i think there's a couple of tears in there as well at, at the memory of, of a bodybuilding prep we have a really interesting one today so we're actually this episode is going to be dedicated to to diving into something that's definitely a passion project of mine um which is the the role of esports and the evolving the evolving world of esports, um, both as you know, both as a hobby and both as uh, as a, as a huge career potential over the next few years. So one of these studies was talking about the fact that um, something like in something in the order of two and a half billion people around the world play esports, um, and that's expected to go closer to the two point seven or, or three billion um, within twenty twenty one. So we've we're, we're fast moving away from the world of of gamers being um you know these <laughs> these um you know lonely people tucked away in their rooms it, it's very much um it's very much the way of the future and so we wanted to kind of touch on this and especially its role um, or the role of exercise and how they kind of relate to, into each other both from performance and an overall health standpoint um so aaron do you want to go through this uh this really interesting study that we kind of dug into for this one yeah sure so this study that we're looking at, it's called Exercise Improves Video Game Performance, a Win-Win Situation. And I found this there to be a really, really interesting study. Basically what they did from the study design's perspective is they split participants into two groups and one group, um, they rested for 15 minutes and then read for 20 minutes and then did a specific League of Legends task where they were required to go through some specific task and they like record some kills and they kind of measured their time to kill and a number of other skills. And then the other group, they actually did a hit, a hit um, intervention 
before. So HIT for those at home who don't know is high intensity, high intensity interval training. And what that is, is it consists of you'll have like a 15 minute period of exercise. And then in that period of exercise, you'll have um, intervals. So you'll have like a very high intensity period where you go really, really hard. And then you'll back off and you'll, you'll cruise at a lower intensity for a little bit. And then again, you'll push really, really hard and then you'll back off. Um, and so they did that on an exercise bike and they did that for 15 minutes, which is like quite intense training. And then they read for 20 minutes and then they did the exact same uh, League of Legends task. After 48 hours, the group switched. So both the participants got a chance to be in both the, the resting group and the exercise group. And at the end, the study results indicated that those that performed in the exercise group recorded far less um, errors during the League of Legends task, which is really, really cool. And basically the takeaway from this study was that potentially, um, even though we, we've always thought as, uh, we've always thought of gamers as these kind of like real nerds who aren't necessarily like, don't have that many like physical skills. It says that the, sometimes the skill sets may be a little bit more similar than what we've thought they were for both um, physical, physical sport and esports, and yeah, that was indicated by um, the improvements in the uh, the League of Legends task. So, pretty cool study. Yeah, really, really interesting. Like, like I said, it's it's. I mean, we talked about this a bit before the camera, and you know, like we've got we've got a lot of proof of concept for a long time of of exercise improving the cognitive health of a person. Um, and so, yeah, we've we've had proof of concept theoretically for a long time that performing exercise um, may be able to help something like this. You know, there's a lot of evidence out there that exercise. Um, especially in, in, in the short and the long term can improve, you know, things like your, your mental clarity, things like your ability to, to tolerate stress, um, things like your ability to, you know, skill acquisition, how quickly you can pick something up. Um, so it's really, really cool to see a study actually directly testing that. And one of the reasons why I'm particularly interested in this line of research is because I think it's only a matter of time, right? Especially with the, um, the, the funding and the money and the sponsorships growing in something like esports, um, it is only a matter of time before people start looking for whatever edge they can use to get ahead. Um, and this line of research, you know, is exploring that question of is this the the edge that people can use to get ahead of um, to get ahead of the comp competitors, right? Um, and you know, and I know I know for yourself, Aaron, you know, you and I at the moment are, are getting a little bit too deep in the competitive world of Pokemon Go battling. Um, and, you know, obviously as extreme high level athletes that we are, um, we like to think that yeah, our performance in the gym is probably gonna help that in some regard. And, and I say that a little bit condescendingly, but at the same time, um, there are people who are literally sponsored athletes playing every kind of game you can possibly imagine, you know, Counter-Strike's the, the big one that's been around for, for the longest by far. Um, Fallout's got massive amount of money these days. Racing games are all there. Um, even Pokemon Go PvP has entire YouTube channels, sponsorships, world tournaments dedicated to it. Um, and, and I actually made one of the early videos on my YouTube channel called, um, and I kind of titled it, A Millisecond Matters, because 
if we look at, you know, for instance, the, the best parallel for most people, I think, to, to mentally draw the, the parallel is, um, you know, like motorsports, for instance, where we have no doubt in our minds that um, there's, a, there's a crazy amount of psychological intensity that goes into it. Um, and we're not necessarily just talking about, you know, it used to be, you know, the, the, the a millisecond or a little bit of a slowed reaction time would be the difference between, you know, you being able to, to banter with your mates. But now we're at a point where a millisecond can actually be the difference between a first place and no one knowing your name or literally multi-million dollars of contracts. Like we're at the point where this is not just a game anymore, right? This is people's livelihoods. Um, so what about that? Has Does that kind of mirror your experiences, Aaron? Um, how have you seen the, the e-sport kind of world growing around you? Have you had much involvement? Um, I'll be honest. So like, I was never a massive, massive gamer. I've definitely like dabbled, but Main, most of the games that I've dabbled in have been like your stock standard, like your COD, your FIFA, uh, the kind of games that you can go to a mate's house and they've got three or four controllers and you kind of all grab a controller and just have fun. But you can tell um, just like from like, as like kind of like an outsider who's not a big gamer who does, who has dabbled in it, that the skill sets on some of these guys are just far exceeding your own. And it would take like a lot of training and a lot of, effort to be able to get to that level and those guys who are at that level are probably yeah putting in all the stops to to get better in some regard um i certainly noticed last year while we're in lockdown so when we're in lockdown there like a lot of especially in australia like a lot of competitive sport just kind of died off like afl was on the tv a lot but a lot of sport all over the world got shut down but i remember looking at youtube and one the one sport which definitely didn't get um, shut down if anything got ramped up was esports and I remember actually watching some like videos of just guys playing COD and things like that and yeah like it was pretty phenomenal what they were able to do and like they were just like running around the map just absolutely just just yeah killing everyone they could see and I'm like yep like these guys are very legit players and like if I even if I dedicated like my life to this I could be nowhere near that level so for those guys to be running around with like their massive YouTube followings and they're earning full-time, like full-time money from this. Like, of course they want to be finding every edge they can and potentially exercise is the performance enhancing drug, which is legal, which is maybe untapped for many people in the gaming community. Yeah. And, and we're not going to necessarily dive into it today, but there were a few studies that I was kind of having a bit of a flick through that were, we're talking about, you know, the effects of energy drinks or the, the consumption of, of energy drinks and stuff um, to give people a mental uh, improvement because that is what people are reaching for that you know reaching for red bull and there's a lot of sponsorships from energy drinks as well um for people to try and get that half a millisecond improvement and i mean that's that's great whether or not it works is is a, a conversation for another podcast of ours but um but it actually seems from this study that exercise could actually play a much a much bigger role than than reaching for that energy drink um do you want to talk a little bit about kind of the results of this study as well i mean um what kind of improvements did we see um so the main measurements that they used was they looked specifically at total number of targets eliminated during the the league of legends task and then also the number of accuracy errors during the league of legends task so for the first one the total number of target enemies eliminated 
the excise group eliminated 120 targets, like plus or minus, like a little bit of a buffer. And the rest group basically got rid of about a fraction over 110 plus or minus the buffer. So like that, that's a, that could be like a quite substantial difference, especially if you're into the more competitive ranks. Secondly, so the number of accuracy errors during the League of Legends task, the excise group uh, performed far less errors. So they averaged 1.5 errors, whereas the rest group, the group that didn't exercise, averaged 2.5 errors. So in a, in a game of, in a world of milliseconds and millimeters, when everything counts, that, that, that one error for a 20-minute task, like that could be the difference between, yeah, first and last or first and second. So some pretty cool evidence there. It, that's, it's really interesting because even to look at that, now these guys were like reasonably high-ranked players. Like we're, we're not talking newbies here. They were, they were competitive players already. Um, and that's really important because obviously like I, I don't think there's anything I could do in my life, um, including uh, cleaning, including going to the toilet, including getting into the shower where I don't have more than like two and a half errors. Like, I think brushing my teeth, I probably have more errors than these guys reported in, like, a 20-minute competitive high-stress game. Um, but again, like, that, that's actually massive to, to, have a, um, to have a reduction in, um, in your error rate. And I think they said, um, yeah, basically a 75% uh, increase in the accuracy of attacks and an improved capacity, a 9% improved capacity to eliminate targets. Like we're talking a pretty meaningful difference here. Like at that top end, one thing that I've kind of noticed from just dabbling in, in competitive esports, you know, I'm definitely not, not anywhere near the top end, but just playing around, you know, it, it's quick. It's amazing how quickly it comes down to a game of like a single click is the difference between you having a really good game, walking away, feeling good, maybe going up a level and just getting absolutely destroyed. If you're not getting that single click through or you're missing by a little bit, there's no chance to come back from that because a good player will just finish the job, right? <laughs> um, so we're, we're looking at, yeah, like I said, a really interesting one here because it is probably the last modality that a lot of people are going to reach for is exercise right we, we know that exercise probably does help cognitive benefits on a number of levels at least um, from an overall health standpoint um, but for a long time it has been you know exercise on one hand um, and and gamers on the other right <laughs> the, the jocks on one hand and the gamers at the other um, and we're starting to see a bit of a a bit of a meld of of those worlds i think um, Aaron, in, in your experience and working with a lot of athletes and, and potentially, for, you know, especially from a, from a mental clarity, from a mental stress, I mean, even if it's in the world of powerlifting, you know, we talked, I think, a little bit in the last episode about how different athletes handle the mental stress of training. Um, what have you seen kind of work for people and how have you seen different people kind of respond to stress tolerance, basically? Yeah, so um, we definitely talked about last week how we can have optimal levels of arousal and levels of arousal are going to be different for different tasks um so for example with something like powerlifting it's like you might have to be um like very very riled up for a very short amount of time in order to perform that lift um but then with gaming it's probably going to be more so along the same lines as f1 where you have to be like highly focused for like longer periods of time and like minimize the amount of errors you make uh, that being said, I do think that in um, athletes and I think that esports probably ties under that umbrella term of athletes is 
you need to be able to um, make good responses under pressure. So if you've got like a, a powerlifter and they're lifting a heavy barbell, like they might be dropping into the hole of a squat or pushing a barbell off their chest. If they get that bar like a millimeter or a couple of millimeters in the wrong way with a really, really heavy load, that can completely um, change the outcome of that lift. If you've got a bench press and you, you push that bar away from your upper chest rather than back towards the rack, that can all of a sudden just like mean you hit that sticking point and you just can't grind it through. And that, that um, the ability to just remain calm under pressure and to be able to execute under large amounts of not just physical stress, but mental stress can is often the difference between the best athletes in competition. And that same premise seems to apply here to these esports athletes where uh, being able to uh, apply their skill under pressure is really important. And as we were looking, we actually looked through a few articles for this topic and we actually found one which was really cool. And it was called Stress and Coping in Esports and the Influence of Mental Toughness. And what they did was they administered a, a test called a Mental Toughness Index. And they administered that to both esport athletes and normal athletes. And they found that they both ranked really, really high in this mental toughness attribute, which is really cool. And it also suggests that um, esports athletes may actually benefit from a lot of the psychological or like the sports science principles that are applied to um, athletes in order to enhance performance. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is, is basically the conversation I think that a lot of people are now kind of willing to have, right. Um, the fact that, you know, esports athletes do need to be treated as athletes and and we've got a lot of you know the at the top end in the esports community there are a lot of now uh a lot of like higher level teams so basically if you're talking like the um uh the cowboys the dallas cowboys um and some of the big nfl and hockey teams are now branching out i think golden state warriors as well are branching out into um esport divisions and actually there's a huge amount of universities now offering both esports as a degree and also and, and an athletic sponsorship and also um uh so uh esport athlete management as a degree of actually negotiating the contracts um, and that kind of thing for athletes, because for esports uh, athletes, because again, we're, we're talking real money, we're talking real people's lives and, and careers here. So um, I think it is definitely starting to, to be accepted um, in the wider practice that, you know, we, we, if you're an athlete, if you're an esport athlete, you should probably be looking at some kind of physical um, training in there. But like you said, it's interesting to see these kind of first few digs into into the literature and actually starting to examine some of these um, comparisons between what makes an athlete, what attributes do they need to have? Um, and then I think more interestingly for you and I, it's how can we actually train those? What characteristics are ingrained? What comes from playing more of your sport? Um, and what can you actually improve through physical training like what element can you actually get ahead of your competitor potentially um and we kind of just been bouncing off some ideas around this but i think we were kind of dialing in on okay well let's talk about the processes that we would take a you know physical sport athlete through in in their off season potentially and like your, your kind of key modalities is you're going to be looking at training their strength you're going to be training their muscle mass to a degree um your things like mobility and, and active coordination as well uh but the other one is kind of cardio so 
in your experience, kind of what, what do you think is going to be uh, beneficial, have the greatest carryover for esports athletes um, and what may not carry over, um, you know, from an esport athlete to a, you know, an AFL or soccer player or a football player? Yeah, so um, we had a really good, interesting discussion off air about this. And I think that we agree and the literature also supports that for esport athletes, um, cardio seems to be the method of choice simply because a lot of the literature that does show performance enhancements in esports, they use cardio specifically as the exercise modality. Uh, so it's not to say that we don't necessarily get a benefit with resistance training, it's just that we don't necessarily have the data yet to support that. Um, from a cardiovascular, like, like from the perspective of cardiovascular training, we understand that um, there's lots of cognitive uh, enhancements which can be, which can be derived from cardiovascular training, and in addition, I'd say the ability to like buffer stress and also good cardiovascular fitness to allow like you have to have good heart rate control under um, stressful conditions. I'd say that that sounds like the, they're the kind of physical um, adaptations which may translate to improved performance in esport athletes. The other one we talked about was reaction time and, and hand-eye coordination. So they sound like two attributes which also would probably play a positive role for eSport athletes. But so far, I don't think we found any literature to support that. But that's not to say that they, they wouldn't be positive. It's just that the evidence in eSports athletes is quite lacking at the moment. So maybe we just need some a little bit more time and a little bit more literature to be able to point us in the, the right directions. Definitely on the on the heart rate side of things, I think that's an interesting conversation because, and I, I think to be honest, this is probably the easiest one for people to grasp most of the time, right? I don't think it's hard for people, even if you're not actively involved in esports, to understand that, hey, these guys are going through a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress, there's a lot of mental pressure, right? Anyone who's lived with someone who plays COD knows that, there's a lot of mental stress and emotions that go on with that, right? Um, my my sister complains; she she hates it when her partner plays COD because she says like the 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 sweat when he plays COD is different to like physical exercise. It's like the fear, anxiety, kill or be killed kind of like testosterone sweat. Whereas when you go to the gym and kind of throw some weights around, like without that psychological stress as well, it's a very different kind of response. Um, and I think, you know, most of us that have played these kind of games have felt that before. So um, I, I think like we were saying, <clears throat> we're probably going to have to give the biggest tick to, to actually cardio here. And as two gym bros um, who do our best to avoid cardio wherever possible, you know, take, if you park right next to, you know, we always take the handicap parks right out the front. We always take the elevator wherever we can, um, especially as Aaron going up a weight class, you know, he's, he's got the, the boots up and on the wheelie chair whenever he possibly can. Uh, but the cardio, the cardio is probably going to be the biggest tick because these guys in this study in particular, they actually trained to them, their VO2 max, right? They were pushing themselves hard from a cardio standpoint. And that actually translated to what seems like some, some really positive results. Um, and that, that's a very short term response, right? 20 minutes of training, 20 minute rest, and then playing. Uh, I don't think it's a far stretch to say, well, if that's the kind of response that we're going to see, if we were to see this 
improvement consistently in the short term, then I don't think it would be too much of a stretch to say, you know what, that's probably going to have some very beneficial long-term adaptations. Even if it allows you to train at a higher intensity level, um, I mean, if we talk about the, the from the game actual structure standpoint, there's a lot of benefits here, right? So if you're if you're able to train at a higher level, it's likely to assume that you're going to be practicing a better quality of skill. But also, if we actually look at playing the game, uh, if you're able to win a few more games, go up to a higher level, you're going to be exposed to a higher level of competition. You're probably then going to adapt more. So even in the short term, you know, it could be about more than just, uh, you know, I was able to beat my friends. It can actually, that all alone can get you into some of those higher ranked games, get you exposed and playing against some higher ranked players, learning to adapt to some, some more advanced strategies you might not have seen before. The other thing on the strength, uh, so on the strength side of things, um, I don't want to dig into this too much because it, it's definitely not in my area and I want to do a little bit more reading. But do you know much, Aaron? I'm just going to throw you under the under the gun here um, about uh, BDNF, brain-derived nootropic factor. No, I don't actually. You'll have to walk me through that one. Okay. Uh, it, it's, I was hoping it's definitely out of my wheelhouse. So I was hoping you were going to have some thoughts on this. Um, but it's basically one of the proposed... I don't want to say mechanisms, but um, one of the proposed physiological responses to uh, to weight training, right? We we know that when you when you lift weights and resistance train, we get quite a, an increase in uh, BDNF, and there's some arguments to be made about hey, does that actually translate to um, better learning outcomes and memory retention? It's 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 part of the mm -hmm. signaling um, processes in the brain around, I guess you know laying down more uh, neural pathways, so just because we're talking about cardio here, it's also not to say that, you know, there isn't definitely some huge long-term potential benefits to improving your, um, your strength markers and your hypertrophy markers. Um, so what do you think, Aaron? What, it, what is the role then of, is, is there a role for, for strength and, you know, muscle building for esports athletes or should they just be getting out on the track and going for a run? Um, well, I definitely think that a lot of just the more, standard uh, physiological benefits of resistance training is still transferable to esports athletes because you have to remember that esports athletes are people and people still should value their health and if you've got your health then that makes it a lot easier to to worry about performance after that so health should be like the foundation that you build performance on so a few factors which are going to be beneficial from a health perspective when it comes to resistance training is just in increased muscle mass is shown to have an inverse correlation with a lot of metabolic disease. So less likely to get diabetes, heart disease, osteoarthritis, things like that. So that's awesome. It's like if you're, it, it's a lot easier to be a competitive esports athlete if you're not also trying to juggle um, different like negative like pathologies from a health perspective. Um, and additionally, I would say that at least from my experience with a few clientele who are highly, highly sedentary, a lot of issues that a lot of my sedentary clients run into, um, especially the ones who are looking at screens all day, uh, would be like hip, lower back and shoulder, shoulder neck issues, um, musculoskeletal issues. And a lot of that um, eventually comes down to just lack of strength and la like, yeah, lack of strength and stability in different 
different structures of the body. So I've had a, like a lot of corporate clients over the years who've spent multiple, like long periods of time at a desk looking at computers, which probably isn't unsimilar to a lot of esport athletes out there. And yeah, like weight training for them, following a good structured exercise program can really alleviate a lot of that pain or discomfort in different parts of the body. So if you're an esports athlete and you are hampered by stiff lower back, sore neck, tension headaches, then you would probably benefit from some resistance training to kind of iron that out. And so a really good structured program is probably going to have a combination of resistance training and cardiovascular training um, to ensure that, yeah, all of your needs are being met. Sure. It's also, it's also one of those things like the, there's the two conversations around, around esports, right? And the people who are just looking at improving their, you know, if you're a Twitch streamer or a YouTube streamer or something, um, or you're just doing it for a hobby, you just like playing the game, right? Then, then for you, you may not at this point be thinking about long-term long-term feasibility of this you know you might just be trying to get more more followers to your stream um or just get a few more wins on the board between your friends but the average career i think of this the average career of a, of a professional esport player is i think only about five years and that's nothing compared to even some of the more brutal sports out there right like even afl where you're getting a lot of knee neck <laughs> ankle hamstring acl injuries constantly um the average career is still like a lot longer than that right so we need to ask the question like why are these um you know why are these more sedentary athletes having a shorter career span than some of these you know really high contact athletes um and a lot of it comes into the fact i think that when you're only exposing your body to psychological stress that's that's a risk like this is just, you know, this, I'm, this is not mis- me speaking from the literature here. I, the literature here, this is just kind of my my own opinions. But like when you're playing on the field with a team or even, you know, in a solo sport, I think there's always an element of like, you know, I could have done more. I could have trained harder. I could have like overcome that a little bit. But when you're, when you're, when you take away that physical element, I think that stress does become a lot more, uh, quote unquote, <laughs> a lot more stressful. Like I don't have a very good way of putting that, but I think I think there probably would be something to say that when people are exposed to only mental and emotional stress and not the physical element as well, um, I think there is probably something lacking in in your ability to kind of regulate. Do you have any thoughts on that, Aaron? Um, no, I think that ties really well into like the coping responses under pressure that we talked about a little bit earlier in the program, and just yeah, like like good athletes are going to have an increased ability to like cope under pressure. And if you're like, and like that, that may require like learning some skills from other disciplines. So it's probably ties into so physical sports as well. Like the athletes that probably have the, the longer careers and do last that bit longer. Like they are able to overcome adversity over time. They're able to adapt to a changing game and a, like changing physical states, changing circumstances. And those, those characteristics are probably just very similar to an esports athlete who, like, if you think of how far, like how fast technology moves, like in five years, that, that could be completely different. Like you might still be playing COD, but COD can have completely evolved in five years. And you have to, you might like feel very like frantic trying to scramble to keep up with the technology. Um, So, yeah, I just think that those characteristics of, 
physical athletes is probably going to be very similar to those of esports athletes. And also to mention the the whole behind the scenes, you know, as soon as you make this your career and you are trying to then manage contracts and, you know, in a lot of cases, moving countries, you know, the life of an esport athlete sounds good on paper, but I know, especially when, you know, in, in non-quarantine time, I know there's a lot of time overseas traveling for tournaments. Like there's a lot of other physical stresses on the body that just come from being forced into new environments like yeah and and working with teams that are potentially not located in the same uh, the same country as you um and a lot of those stresses that come into it that go beyond um your actual time spent in the game mate this has been a really interesting one like i said i've, I've spent a bit of time um i've got a few uh esports players that i'm working with um i'm i'm really interested in mm-hmm. developing more of my business with esports players gamers um streamers as well because as i'm spending a lot more time on social media these days um and a lot of time editing uh it really kind of hits home for me what kind of stresses that people are put through and obviously i'm a little bit biased but i like to think that almost everyone is going to get an improved quality of life whether that's you know less risk of disease but more importantly you know more confidence more uh feeling more in control feeling more like you're able to to tolerate those stresses of life and and i would like everyone to have that regardless of their you know their jobs and their backgrounds but i think particularly over the next few years we'll see a lot of um a lot of streamers and a lot of gamers kind of making that switch um, in, into being a bit more concerned about their own health. So, mate, let's let's run through a little bit of a recap. Um, can you give me the the TLDR takeaway from from this study and your thoughts uh, overall? Absolutely. So, my TLDR summary: cardio is probably going to be our weapon of choice for exercise modality. Exercise and gaming are not mutually exclusive skill sets. Exercise can help improve gaming performance. Strength training may be excellent to help deal with tension headaches and lower back pain, which is prevalent in sedentary populations. And more studies are needed to establish whether um, the enhanced gaming effects that we saw are generalizable to other video games because this study only did look at League of Legends. Uh, A few questions I have is, does higher levels of fitness show increased performance? Like as you continually get fitter over time, we're not sure. And would love to see some evidence to identify potential underlying mechanisms because the literature literature still hasn't quite elucidated those exact mechanisms. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, If you had to pick just one, I think we both agree that cardio is probably your best place to start. That's probably your lowest hanging fruit. It's going to improve your ability. To, it's going to likely improve your ability to ha- to, to tolerate high stress, um, to recover from bouts of high stress, which you know tournaments are very much based on and training is very much based on. Um, and it's probably going to have some long-term health effects as well. Of course, if you were working with a good coach, they are going to be able to incorporate a lot more elements than just cardio. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you're just wanting to do it on your own, improve your performance, then then probably start there. Mate, it's really cool to see some of these, these proof of concepts around... Um, yeah, people improving their performance, improving their mental state and clarity. Um, it's really nice to see this applied to a, to a really unique niche. Um, and I'm hoping to see the the, the big old chunks of, of literature that's going to come out in this area over the next few years, I reckon. Any parting words, mate? Uh, not, nothing nothing too extravagant from me. Just, yeah, might, might go give Cod another spin over the course of the next week and 
see if all these extra gains and all these extra this extra time in the gym is paid off. But I've got a feeling that for me, it just might not quite be so. Mate, uh, start off nice and gentle. Don't don't go too deep into the um into the ranks of of the online player because I think we'll both be a little bit a little bit aggressively outclassed by by some of the thirteen year olds these days that already have uh have the thousands of Twitch and YouTube streamers. So, mate, this has been fun. Um, I lo- I'm looking forward to digging into this a little bit further down the line. Um, and interestingly, you know, and, and, and digging into to more of that connection between stress management and exercise and some of those bigger markers of health that, you know, maybe aren't quite as exciting or flashy as, you know, just getting getting absolutely jacked for summer, but, you know, some of the stuff that actually plays a much bigger role long-term. So, um, mate, where can people find you? And uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram as Aaron Hoey underscore, or you can follow JPS Health and Fitness and follow their content as I'm quite active in posting content for, for JPS. What about yourself, Braden? Where can we find you? You can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at Coach Cad. That's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitch. Um, pretty much, not quite OnlyFans, but pretty much everywhere else you can find me. Um, if you are interested more in you know, getting coaching or if you're a gamer and you actually are looking at taking this seriously, by all means, reach out to myself, reach out to Aaron. Um, We would love to work with you or at least have a bit of a conversation about, you know, how you can direct your training to, to actually improving performance. Um, as always, thank you everyone for listening. We now have the podcast up on hopefully Spotify and Apple by the time you hear this, um, but it's also up on YouTube as well. So if you are eating, eating lunch, if you're having a lunch break, if you're on the way to work, feel free to chuck us on, um, basically whatever platform and, and hopefully get some of the good stuff on your way to work. But, um, thank you again, Aaron, and, uh, we'll see you next week. And that's everything for today on this episode of the Too Long Didn't Read Fitness Podcast. If you can take a second to like, subscribe, leave a comment, share, whatever it is, it all goes a long way to help us boost our little ranking within the algorithm. Thank you to everyone that's left reviews and comments already. It goes a long way. And if you would like to support us a little bit further, you can go through the link on my Instagram or the link in the description and you can actually buy us a coffee. We aim to put out as much high quality content as we can on as many different free forms of social media as possible. So if you've got some value out of this and you would like to give back in some way, consider a pay as much as you think the episode is worth. You can do that through the buy me a coffee link, which will be available somewhere in the description box. If not, that's absolutely fine too. You can help us out other ways by sharing, doing whatever you can, just tell your friends about it, and hopefully they can get some value out of this too. Or if you've got any kind of feedback or thoughts or any topics you'd like us to cover, you can send me or Aaron a message over on Instagram. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode and hope you're great. Chat soon.